Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom from Jerusalem. I'm Michael Karam, and welcome to another edition of My Brother's Keeper. Today we have a very special guest with us from Beirut, Lebanon. Nuna Matar leads Triumphant Mercy, which is an organization set up to help refugees and people in need in the country of Lebanon. Right now, if you remember from our last edition of My Brother's Keeper, we focused a bit on the crisis in Lebanon. But today we have a special guest with us. Nuna will be speaking to us about the work of Triumphant Mercy, about the church in Lebanon, about how we as a church around the nations can show solidarity with the church in Lebanon. And before we begin, we just want to focus in on the scriptures. And um, if you have your Bible, you can turn with us to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We have a very unusual series of verses about some of the generosity that was going on in the churches during the first century in Macedonia in relationship to other churches. And I just want to read these scriptures as we begin. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own free will. Part of our, the, the focus of our program here at My Brother's Keeper is for you to become informed, to pray, to, um, to advocate, to support, and to show solidarity with other Christians around the world. And right now, the church in Lebanon, is, the church in Lebanon and the nation of Lebanon is going through one of the most extreme crises of recent time. And today we're going to have an opportunity to speak with Nuna about this. But before we begin, let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to direct our conversation, to lead us and guide us, and for Him to open up hearts so that we can understand this situation from His perspective. Father, we thank You in the name of Yeshua for the opportunity to be together, to, um, to look at some of what's happening in this very, very important nation. Lord, we thank You that in, in, in the Bible and how... Lord, you used different believers at different times throughout the Mediterranean region to bless one another, to bring um, much-needed help to different churches as they went through crisis. And Lord, in doing so, you brought glory to your name, and you showed other people how, as believers, as followers of Yeshua, we not only loved um, our neighbor as ourselves, but we loved the way you loved us. And so, Lord, we just pray that you'd direct this time together, and Lord, that you'd highlight what's happening right now in the nation and in the church in Lebanon. In the name of Yeshua, Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Nuna, thank you for for joining us today Um, from Lebanon. looks like it's a beautiful day there. Um, Give us a little bit of, it is. (laughs) Give us a little bit of history about um, the nation of Lebanon and the church in Lebanon. Maybe even start even with the biblical history. Wow, biblical history, that's a long, (laughs) long way. You know that Lebanon, well, actually parts of Lebanon uh, were mentioned in the Bible even from Genesis. You know that uh, yeah. Sidon, for example, is the grandson of Noah. So it's uh, Lebanon has uh, has been there for since the beginning, let's say. Since the beginning, Lebanon has been there. And since the beginning, God has spoken about Lebanon and uh, has given so many promises and talked so many times about Lebanon, about the glory of Lebanon, the splendor of Lebanon, the perfume that comes from Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon. So there is so so much, so much history in Lebanon. And sometimes even uh, they were between Jerusalem and Lebanon, they were uh, interchanging. 
sometimes even the promises between Lebanon and and uh, Jerusalem. So in God's heart, Lebanon is an, a very important country. It's a, a country that that uh, manifests his glory and his splendor. It says oh, yeah. he talks about the beauty of Lebanon. He talks about mm. the aroma that comes from Lebanon. He talks about the cedars that actually filled the inner room of the temple of the temple of God mm. uh, from the from the old times. So it's yeah. this there was uh, pacts and uh, and times with uh, mm. the King Solomon and uh, King Hiram from Sidon and they uh, uh, he built the temple, he brought the cedars from Lebanon. So yeah. there was it a time when Lebanon was actually very well known, very prosperous, very um, close to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and well, Thanks. yeah, that's no, the old history. You know? Yeah. And then it shows up. Also, Lebanon shows up in the in the prophecies in the books of the prophets about promises of oh, yeah. future glory. Uh, so it does, you know, in a sense, the, the Bible, we often say is a book of honor. And in a sense, God honors the, the nation of Lebanon. Now, the recent history of Lebanon has been a bit different. Um, obviously, coming out of the Ottoman Empire into the modern nation state, um, which was, you know, formed uh, after World War One and World War II. Talk about a little bit about the formation of Lebanon today. Okay, so after the World War, uh, you mentioned, Lebanon was part, there was not, there was no country at that time. You know, if you can, if you think about it, it's difficult to understand now because everything is like country and borders and everything. There was no country. It was a whole area. It was a district called the Greater Syria. So it was part of uh, not only Syria and Lebanon, but also part of Jerusalem and you know, like, right. uh, like Israel and all these areas. So when, after World War, uh, there was a pact done between British and French who divided the land. And mm-hmm. so they put the borders. They decided, okay, this land now is, be, is belonging to uh, the, a country called Lebanon. And they joined parts of Syria and they, uh, you know, just were uh, given parts. So they put the borders. There was right. no borders before that. It was more like a Mount Lebanon, which is a whole series of mountains. It was a whole district. But there was no Lebanon like we know it now in our present age. So when they added all these parts, uh, well, actually, let's say that before that, Lebanon was mainly Christian and Druze. Mm -hmm. And then when they added all these parts during that time, they added the north of Lebanon, they added the Bekaa, and they added some of the the, the south of Lebanon. And then it was more Muslim. So all Mm -hmm. the Muslim parts just came in at that time. But before the World War... Uh, there was no Muslim. It was between Christians and uh, Jews. So, okay. uh, of course, the history has now changed so much of the demography of Lebanon. That's right. And since that time, the demography has continued to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the reality of it. Right. And talk about a little bit about the, the church in Lebanon. The church in Lebanon is very historic. It goes back thousands of years, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, the, 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 we mostly have the focus in the Bible of the of the church moving towards the West, towards, you know, towards Italy, towards Europe, you know, through Greece. But there's also a strong history that goes to the East. Oh, yeah. As I said, before the borders were there, you know, it was open borders. It was open borders. It was just cities that were there. Right. So the Ottoman Empire, we know that other Paul, empires, yeah. during his missionary journey, Paul, during his missionary journey, passed through Sidon. Sidon. Mm-hmm. 
so it was it was not an abnormal thing to have you know all these missionaries, all these people coming from Jerusalem or from the Holy Land. So Lebanon goes back a long ways in church history. We know that the church was growing geographically and Lebanon was being so close to the borders. We know that Paul, in his missionary journey, went through Sidon, for example, through Tyre and Sidon. And there's a place in Sidon that we can go and actually see the place where the believers met with Paul. So there were believers in Sidon Amazing. even from the early times, the early so, times of the church. And the yeah. church grew. So Lebanon, as I said, Lebanon was mainly uh, Christian and the Jews. So from the first times, it was the, the whole church, the whole believers, the mm-hmm. whole um, aspect of Christianity was growing so much in, uh, in Lebanon. Right. And we have a history of monastery and places that are biblical in Lebanon mm. and that uh, sprang up during that first century. So even from the first century, we had so many places uh. that are known to be to receive people who were believers. So okay. the church goes back a far, far away. Of course, uh. when the church split later on uh, between the Western and the Eastern, so the Byzantine and the Roman, there was a, also a split inside Lebanon. So you have part of Lebanon who is Orthodox and following the Byzantine, the, the Eastern Church. But you also have the, the church, the Catholic Church that is following the Roman Church. So okay. it's also divided uh, in there. But we know yeah. that you know, division is like this has been from early history. Right. So today we have a, a church that's kind of very diverse in Lebanon. We have a population, an ethnographic uh, uh, situation that's very diverse. And then in the last, um, I know mo- most of our, our probably viewers know about the recent history of, of Lebanon with civil unrest, but move us up to the future, like around 2014, 15, where we have this huge influx of refugees, because that's kind of a big part of our story right now. So just explain just so what happened in 2015 and 16 in Lebanon? Actually, it was in 2012. It started in wow. 2012. Okay. Uh, and then it just grew until 2016. There was like a few years, four years of having constant, constant people, like refugees coming from Syria uh, and then coming from Iraq too. So when okay. ISIS started to rise, especially in Iraq and such, so it was not only the Syrian, but also the Iraq, uh, Iraqi people who came. And uh, the borders were did has an open border there was an open border policy so people came in with uh, no papers no uh, i no no identification anything identity wow. so they we so lebanon came and find out find itself found itself at that time having all these people like a million and a half probably in a country of about 5 million people so you can imagine wow. the ratio ratio wow. there like 5 million people of like actual Lebanese. So that's, that's nearly and like a, a million yeah. and a half. Yeah, almost like 20%, 30% of the population becomes refugees. Yes, yes. So you can imagine uh, all these people coming in and then the general security could not uh, process everything at the same time. Like when they were coming, there were so many, so many per day. Like, wow. So there was no time to process anything and the open border policy Actually, this open border policy was also in uh, in Europe and other places. It's not we're not just you know. Yeah, the but only it's interesting. 
It's interesting that Lebanon had an open border policy in a country that was already, you know, very much under pressure from lots of different uh, ethnographic groups also had its own civil tension, but yet it kept an open border policy. Yes, it's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't understand that so much. So I I don't understand that, but uh, I know that this was happening. And uh, maybe we thought, maybe the government thought that it was just a short time and then people would go back and it was right. not like a permanent thing. It was not something that would go for on, on for years. I don't know how, what the government thought at this time. And I cannot, I cannot even, you know, blame or not blame. I don't know. Right. Don't and know what, what and, the, and the, how many refugees are in the country today? More than a million. More than a million. Still. Okay. Yeah. So, so bring us up to right now. So then the, 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 the refugees are still there. We're, we're now 2012, 2016. We're nearly 10 years uh, since the beginning of some of the, the crisis of the Arab Spring and then the Islamic State and the whole refugee situation. Bring us up to right now. What's happening in Lebanon today? Well, Lebanon now is, a, is in a crash, a total crash, economic crash. Uh, we have no government. Uh, the economy has fallen completely, and uh, this, with the Syrian crisis, that is all the refugees that are also like sucking up all the resources of Lebanon. It is really, really hard. So, and the explosion that happened last year um, did not, of course, uh, had added to the misery of people and added to the uh, the whole thing that is the whole crisis that is happening. So, right, so. Right. Actually, uh, the situation in Lebanon now is really hard. No gas. So you have to stand for hours just to get your fuel. Uh, there is uh, electricity. is just uh, we had electricity problem for years. But now it's, yeah, it's worse. comes only for two few or two or three hours a day. So you have mm-hmm. to rely on generators, which rely also on fuel that is not existing. So which means wow. um, it's, it's going like backwards and it's hard and you have so many electricity cuts and you have to stand hours before the fuel the gas station and even to go to to get bread now it's like they're talking about a crisis in flour so that making bread and the electricity to actually run the bakeries and and so it's it's all escalating and the, the capital control which also keeps the money of people in banks so we also have that crisis which is the bank crisis Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, tell us a little bit. People. Yeah. Tell us a little bit. I, I've heard that the, the you know, the Lebanese uh, <laughs> currency has dropped uh, in an incredible way. People have lost their entire savings. I mean, Beirut used to be the Paris of the Middle East. And now yes. we have a situation where people have lost uh, their life savings in the last uh, six months to nine months. True. That's true. So all those all the people who had, you can imagine it, you know, you have your money in Lebanese. Let's say you have um, you know, you have about uh, no ten thousand dollars. Let's say ten thousand dollars at the bank in Lebanese pounds. So these ten thousand dollars now are the value of them is what one thousand dollars. Wow! So you can imagine, you can imagine the, the fall. So yeah. what you thought you had, so you had years to just have these ten thousand dollars, but now it, it doesn't have a value. It just has a value of one thousand oh, dollars. So you can imagine that? the. The, the economic tragedy, and, yeah. Yes, and how the weight on people, you know, mm. people who lost everything—they lost uh, all their savings. They lost their, they worked their whole life, and then 
suddenly they have uh, no more money. And if they have some money, they can't withdraw it from banks. The banks are also having this uh, this problem of liquidity, Crisis. so they can't withdraw that. And uh, this, the central bank has closed that that um, possibility. Wow. So uh, that also is a crisis. You know, it, it, when I'm listening to hear you, you're speaking, it's uh, it's amazing to me. I'm, you know, we've talked about this before. Our last program, we spoke at length about Isaiah 19 and what was going to happen in Egypt before God changed the 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 whole situation in the nation and connected it with other nations around the Middle East. But there was a, a, a political crisis, there was a social crisis, there was an economic crisis. But out of that came this amazing healing and restoration for the nation and then connecting it with other nations. It almost seems like the same thing is happening or this is happening yeah. in Lebanon today. Uh, well, uh, we don't know. <laughs> we hope so. We don't know. So Isaiah 19 is a promise. You know? For me, I, I just love to see it. I would dream of seeing it. And I, I, I believe that we're going to see it in our days, yes? Amen. That uh, um, these nations, I long to see these nations worshiping together and uh, lifting the one God, the one true God, and just uh, uh, being a blessing in the midst of the earth. Because the, actually this is, this is what's happening, you know? The, mm. When these nations will worship together, when the highway is built, it will be a blessing in the whole earth. And I long to see this time, and I pray about this time, and I just uh, desire to just Amen. see this highway. But you can see that the blocking um, in Isaiah 19, you, see, you can see the blocking in every on every border. It's not just uh, you know, like the Israel and, and Lebanon borders. It's also Lebanon, Syria. It's also Syria, Jordan, Syria, Turkey. Tur and, like all these borders have problems. Even even Israel, Jordan, uh, Egypt. They, there's borders on um, in conflicts everywhere right. there. There's know? borders, and there's I, tension I on the borders, yes. Yeah. Okay, well, give us now some of um, how you've how the Lord has spoken to you, how you've responded with in the work of Triumphant Mercy in the midst of this horrible crisis, how God has been using, you know, your team and the generosity from others to, to really meet the needs in Lebanon. So speak about a little bit about the work of Triumphant Mercy. Okay, so trying with mercy. Well, let me get go back to you know the beginning of uh, of this the crisis. You know that we had a problem between Lebanon and Syria, and Syria has occupied Lebanon for a long time. So, yeah. actually, starting the work with refugees was not an easy thing because it was not something that I desired in my heart. Okay. In my heart, I did. <laughs> I did not want to get involved in that at all. But you know, God, uh, God had to change my heart. He had to just uh, just talk to me and just say, okay, and I want you to go there. I want you to do something about it. And mm. this is how we started. So when we went there, we were just a few people from the church to go into the camps and just see, okay, what can we do? And when we went there, we had nothing. We had nothing to offer. We had no money. Wow. We had no help. We had no, no uh, network of people who could help us or anything. We just went there. And uh, when we went there, it was... Um, eye-opening for us, for me <laughs> personally, and that changed my heart when I saw the misery of people and I saw the conditions where people live in. So from then on, it has grown like the work God has been blessing and blessing and blessing so that we can help thousands of people. It's not just wow. like few people, a handful of people. We were helping thousands. We did uh, schools for children. We 
uh, gave food, we gave uh, fuel and and uh, wood for uh, you know stoves and mattresses and blankets and all kinds of things. And it's just it just kept on growing. And now with the financial crisis in Lebanon and the the you know the well-being of Lebanese being so down that so many people losing everything, now we have increased our. Uh, work with Lebanese, which was not in the mm-hmm. beginning. In the beginning, right. it was more focused right. on refugee right. crisis, but now right. it is like an internally crisis, internal crisis mm-hmm. that we are uh, targeting, and many people that are uh, really like knocking our, on our doors, which we have not seen before. Wow. So and the work has has evolved, you know. Right, it moved actually from the refugee camps into the the nation itself. And I think yes. part of that has probably been because of the pandemic and the economic crisis that's going on. So, I mean, speak, I mean, I know you, I happen to know a little bit about the work and everything like that. And I know it's not just your heart to give physical food away. You've also had a real spiritual impact on, on, on the nation through this, through the platform the Lord has given you. And so maybe just speak about that. How has it, has, has it changed your team and how is they working with not just Christians, but different populations? Yes, uh, we are open for everyone. So we op- we're working not based on uh, you know, ethnicity or uh, you know, whatever it is. We're not working based on that. We're working on a human person, on a human, human, you know, <laughs> whoever, yeah. on people. But uh, we are believers. So this is an extension of who we are. So we cannot not speak about God. You know, mm-hmm. how do we right. give hope to people? How do you bring hope? Exactly. Just, is it by giving Excellent. them food? If right. you give them food or you give them mattress, does it bring hope? Does it bring restoration? Does no. it bring change in their lives? Does it does it mm. bring a new future, like a, a dream of a future? It doesn't. So we have to have our spiritual life also being extended to these people. So we have to to get to uh, point them to Messiah. You know, we have to mm. point them to the reason of our hope and why we're doing what we're doing. So many people would ask us, why we, why do you do this? Yank? Why? Why? Is it, wow. you know, we're not Excellent. benefiting out of this. Like we could, you know, I could stay in my garden and just uh, and just do something else or, and just take care of the church and, and take care of believers. But there's something in us that wants to reach out. Mm. It wants to reach out to see people being, uh, being changed mm. and being blessed and being restored and being uh, reconnected yeah. with God. So, and that we can do. So yeah. we are doing all these uh, also psychosocial services that are healing the inner inner person, but we always interject God in it. You know, it's mm-hmm. God who changes people. It's God who Amen. restores people. It's not yes. it's not us. It's not our our minds. It's not right. our psychosocial efforts. It's the Lord. You know, um, just before we close, because we don't have a lot more time, but how can how can believers, how can other Christians in the nations pray? for you, pray for Triumphant Mercy, pray for Lebanon. How can they get involved? How can they support? What can they do? What, what, what are your needs? So there are many things to pray for. You know, for, let's start by the Christians. Let's start by the church itself. You know, the church are, or the Christians are going through a lot, a lot of pressure. The same pressures that is on the country is on all the believers. And sometimes you just feel uh, that, how can you pray anymore? Like how you're right. so tired, you're so right. uh, weary of uh, uh, the, the everything that comes your way. It's like every mm-hmm. day you have bad news, bad news, bad news. Right. So this is hard on Christians and on believers, even though they, they're just 
push for their faith, you know, to go. And then uh, I am, I have faith and I know God's going to change things. And, but mm. it's a long time and it's a process. And I, th- I really believe that uh, the church needs strengthening. So praying That's for good. believers because okay. many want to quit and leave the country. Mm. And mm-hmm. you know that this is happening a lot. You know, many Christians are leaving the country. Through, so throughout throughout so the, the Middle East, this is a problem. So yeah, especially in Lebanon, you're right. It is a problem, and this is uh, actually giving more place to other religious groups to be there. You no, know? so mm-hmm. so more uh, religious. So the demography is even changing, and right. that's not good. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, youth, the youth don't have any more future. They don't think that there is anything for them uh, anymore. So they mm-hmm. just want to leave the country. So that's the biggest thing to pray for is actually for the church. Because if the church ha- takes good. its place as a government of God in the country, we can see a change. Excellent. But okay. the, church, the church is tired. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the church needs right. encouraging. And I think that's what how the, the whole church can pray. It's like one part of the body is hurting. You know, to, so stand with the other part. Yeah. Yes. Very so good. let the other parts of the body also feel that part that is hurting. So this part of the church in Lebanon and probably also everywhere in the Middle East is hurting. And that's the first thing. Then the second thing is that there will be a change of leadership. Like I, we need a change of leadership because the leadership that we have is taking us to chaos. It's wow. taking us to yeah. uh, to avoid. It's taking us to uh, a complete um, bankruptcy. And so we need a change and mm-hmm. uh, the pressures, you know, like the, all the you know, political groups that are there that are trying right. to take over the government and trying to make a country of their own and trying to just, uh, uh, you know, lead in one way or another. Right. We just yeah. <laughs> don't want that. Okay, and well, we Nuna, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to step in. I know I'm also want to pray for the refugees and their future, but we're running out of time. But thank you so much. You've given us such a great understanding and vision. We really feel your heart, and we want to stand with triumphant mercy. But join with me in prayer right now for your nation and for the situation. So, Father, in the name of Yeshua, in Yeshua's name, we lift up Lebanon to you. We lift up the church in Lebanon. We lift up the um, the government situation in Lebanon. We lift up these th- millions of uh, the, over a million refugees. And Lord, we ask that you would have mercy on your church. You'd have mercy, and Lord, that you bring a government into power that could form a um, a stable country again in Lebanon. And Lord, we also pray for refugees, Lord, that are that are that are homeless right now, that have uh, very little. Lord, would you show mercy on the refugee population in Lebanon? And Lord, would you strengthen the staff of Triumphant Mercy? Lord, that they can continue to serve and to bless their nation. In the name of Yeshua, in Yeshua's name, amen. Amen, amen. I'm Michael Karam, and thank you for joining us for another edition of My Brother's Keeper. Please continue to pray for the Middle East at this crucial time, and shalom from Jerusalem. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.